You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. Thanks. We got a full show for you today. First, we get into the NFL, a little college football, a little baseball, but first, right into it, Danny. NFL. Let's just say that these Chiefs done did it again. Big game for me this weekend was that of the Chiefs-Dolphins, which was played in Germany. Early game, uh, Chiefs jumped out to a 21-nothing lead. Uh, at halftime, they didn't score in the second half. Mm-hmm. Dolphins comes back 21-14. That ended up being the final score. Danny, 21-14 Chiefs. I think they proved something here uh, defensively. Uh, Dolphins also, I think, proved something offensively here as well, man. Slow start, but they came back in the second half as uh, the prolific offense that they are. Unfortunately, Tyreek Hill um, had a, a play that really decided the game, but nonetheless, uh, I think you can see these two teams in the NFL playoffs, man. Another game to note here uh, for the weekend was that of my uh, Green Bay Packers uh, finally getting a W against the LA Rams. It, this was an ugly game, man. 20-3, to 3, I don't know what's going on, but they finally ran the ball, uh, them being the uh, Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones with 20 carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Jordan Love throws for 228 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I don't know, Danny. This offense just seems so stagnant, man. And I just don't think uh, coaches really opening up this playbook. Uh, it is good, though, to see that Green Bay Packers did rush for 184 yards. Finally, some rushing. Uh, A.J. Dillon only had 40 yards. Uh, Emmanuel Wilson had 43 yards on four carries. Uh, again, it's just something that uh, I think to really monitor here because Lafleur was supposed to be this offensive-minded coach uh, coming in, and yet now we're only scoring 20 points a game, 14 points a game. I'm seeing 10, 10 a game. I mean, this is not a prolific offense, uh, and I think this is going to be something uh, really detrimental to really the Packers season moving forward here. What's say you, Danny, about this NFL weekend? Jason, on that Chiefs-Dolphins game, that was the game I was I wish would have been here at, at Arrowhead because you had Tyreek coming in, coming back to Kansas City. Why would you put that game in Germany? And it was one of those games, too, where you could just tell there wasn't that offensive production that you're used to from both teams. And one thing to watch with Miami is they're not beating teams that are over 500. So that could spell doom and disaster when they get to the playoffs. The Packers, Aaron Jones was back, and they actually let him run the ball. I don't know why. I don't know if there was – I know he had the hamstring issue, but it sounded like he was ready maybe a week or so ago, and they just kind of kept him under wraps. But you look at LaFleur and McVay as well, the offensive geniuses, and when they don't have that superior talent – you get what you got yesterday, right? Exactly. So, 
a lot of people, you know, going after Belichick and everything, but McVay kind of flies under the radar for whatever reason. And there's no excuse as much money and all the picks and everything they've given up and how they were actually trending. I know Stafford didn't play yesterday, so that's, you know, ripping is whatever. But before that, they should be better than what they are if he's, you know, the offensive genius that he claims to be. Yeah, the Packers got that one. That was definitely a snooze fest. But on to the exciting game of the day, one of them, much to my uh, dismay, my Atlanta Falcons losing to the Vikings <laughs> and Josh Dobbs. Brother didn't even take a snap this week in practice. <laughs> a few things of note. Uh, Heineke started. He threw for 268, touchdown and a pick. Bijan had a pedestrian game. He had a fumble. Janu had a great game. But during this game, for those of you who watched, anytime the Falcons blitz, they cannot tackle. They missed, I don't know how many tackles in the backfield yesterday, which would have been for loss or turnover of, of downs, especially at the end, because the Vikings were fourth and seven. Dupree comes in, he flies and misses Dobbs. He had him. I'm like, you can't make a tackle. <laughs> so you had that. Then they had penalty upon penalty. The offensive line, I don't know how many false starts they had yesterday. So anytime they would do something, it was like one step forward, two steps back. And Arthur Smith and whatever he's doing with Bijan, I just don't get what he's doing. Kyle Pitts. And John, who is a good offensive player, he can catch, he has good hands, he has good speed, actually. Good blocker. But what's up with Pitts? And to lose to a team like last week against the Titans where they had Will Levis his first game and your defense goes out there and doesn't do so hot and missing tackles. And so we play Arizona this upcoming week. Kyler Murray is probably coming back. James Conner is probably coming back. To lose the last two games the way we did, man, it was it was demoralizing, honestly, as a fan. But Arthur Smith may be the one. Uh mm -hmm. But it's the same old Falcons. What Quinn dealt with, what we dealt with with Dan Quinn. I don't know if we're just cursed. <laughs> but yesterday was just the it was it was just tough, man. Tough okay. weekend, man. Tough weekend. Yeah. But there were some great games that happened on the slate. Tampa Bay, Houston, shootout, Dallas, Philadelphia. Great game. And uh mm -hmm. we'll see with the Jets and Chargers tonight what happens there. Another game there too, Danny Bills and Bengals, where Bengals prevailed 24-18. Mm -hmm. uh, another good game there by uh, Burrow, finally stepping up here, 348 yards with two touches. And now Danny on to some college football, uh, where several games, but I just want to highlight a couple. Uh, one game in particular, my Florida A&M Rattlers prevail once again. We now host the SWAC championship game as a result of the win uh, and the loss here. And this was against Alabama A&M. I uh, watched the game. I uh, just have to say that it was the best feed uh, from four-letter network slash school. But as always, they would give you a heart attack, uh, my Florida A&M Rattlers. <laughs> so uh, nonetheless, we prevailed. We uh, got presented the SWAC East trophy in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Now we host the SWAC championship game on December 2nd. Oh, boy, that's going to be a good one. Whoever we face, that's going to be a good one. 
game. Just want to highlight these Colorado Buffaloes, man. Uh, Colorado takes another L. They are sitting two games to win in order to go to a bowl game. They only have three games left. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about these games, Danny. They start off against Arizona, who's ranked 23. Uh, then they uh, play Washington State. And then they play Utah at Utah on November 25th. And Utah is ranked number 13 in the country. I'll just say this, Danny. Even if Colorado does not make it to the bowl game, their season is still a success, considering the fact that they only won one game last year. Yes. The money that Coach Prime has brought in to Colorado football is amazing. Can't really count it, man. It's a whole lot of money, millions, multi-millions of dollars. It'd be even better if they do go to a bowl game. Um, but it's just not looking good. What say you about college football day? Jay, your fam, you rattlers. It was an offensive shootout, man. <laughs> First half, they because they were down actually, and then you know, took over the second half, but the first half was a little interesting. Like you said, they do like to make it interesting. Uh, so congratulations to your boys for taking care of business there. On the Colorado front, Coach Prime has changed the culture around Colorado. So definitely a win. But if these last three games, man, to get two of them, not to say they can't do it, though, right? Because they, they've been in all these games. It's not like they've been blown out in any of these games, but that Stanford game is still the one that they got to be kicking themselves that they let slide through. Uh, Cause that would have been definitely their fifth win and they didn't execute. You know, obviously everyone knows they went to double overtime and lost, but I can see them sneaking up on Arizona and Washington state, Utah, not so much, but they could possibly get these, these two of these three It's going to be a tough road ahead for them. But, as an overall, if they don't make it, I think what Coach Prime has done has been a definite plus for the Colorado community and the players within the program. And then it'll be interesting to see in the offseason what happens uh, with his son and what they do and what his plans will be as far as sticking around Colorado, depending on what they do. Uh, so we'll definitely have eyes on Colorado and what the program does an off season to um, get ready for next year. And Danny, on to a little baseball news. Uh, let me just say this: uh, there are reports that uh, Craig Council he's actually now going to be the uh, manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, looks like the Chicago Cubs may have uh, parted ways with uh, Ross, who actually helped them win a World Series ring. Uh, but nonetheless, they um, reports are saying that console is coming to the Cubs instead of the Mets. Uh, and let me just say this, man. This is a sore spot. Fred Console, who is homegrown, uh, who has said that there's basically no place like home, uh, ditches home for <laughs> that money. You can't say that the math ain't math. Mm -hmm. Because... <laughs> Council is getting $8 million a year as the highest paid 
manager in baseball. Now, the Brewers, they did offer him 5.5, which still would have made him the highest paid manager in baseball, but eight is greater than 5.5. <laughs> and he went ahead and went for the money. Uh, I think this adds a whole nother flavor, a whole, a whole lot more to the uh, rivalry here, not only a divisional rivalry, but we're just talking about a matter of, what, an hour away uh, from, from ballparks. I don't know what the Brewers are going to do. I don't know who they're going to get. Ross is available. I don't know if we want him um, or not, but I can see I can see the switching of managers there. What say you, Danny, about this move? Yeah, this one caught me off guard, Jay. <clears throat> I thought for sure he was going to the Mets with Stearns. And for them, who the Mets brought in, the bench coach from the Yankees? I don't know about that. I'm questioning that higher over counsel. And you just don't know, too, from a negotiation standpoint, if things fell apart there. Because he was the rumored, you know, front runner for that job. Uh, from the Brewer standpoint, now they they have a, a they're kind of at a crossroads because you bring in a new manager. Is this manager going to be a like a veteran manager or is it going to be somebody new? Because uh, their roster is going to be young. The pitching may not be there. You know Woodruff having his you know his shoulder issue. Corbin Burns may not be back. They're really young. What's Antonasio going to do? And that's where I look at this because. For someone coming in, what are the resources you're, that you're getting? Antonasio doesn't like to spend, and that's where I think this may it may be a good time, it'd be a great time for him to sell, but uh, yeah. just to yeah. move on, because you could just start anew with a uh, you know fresh manager, you know ownership and all that good stuff. But I don't think that's going to happen. And with that, so now I'm curious what the Brewers do. And Council is an interesting manager, you know, as a Brewers fan. You watch their games, and sometimes he has you scratching your head, like, why is he doing that? There are some times in the playoffs, like against the Diamondbacks, why didn't he bunt a few times? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His pitching, you know, how he rotates the pitchers and things like that. Uh, so I'm very curious about how that translates down to Chicago because I think they're a little less tolerant than Brewer fans with their Cubs. True. I could be wrong, but he kind of had it made in Milwaukee because even though, you know, he did what he did and he, he, I think he sometimes, you know, overachieved with the teams he had. He never, he never won in the playoffs. How is that going to translate down to Chicago where they're expecting, they have high expectations for whoever they're coming in, especially spending that type of money. Mm -hmm. So the level of pressure will definitely be different going from small market Milwaukee to big market, large market Chicago. So a lot of dynamics and it's close. So we can keep a close eye on this and see how this all season progresses from the Milwaukee standpoint, but then keep an eye on council and how the Cubs are doing because we definitely want to beat them. Now, Danny, lastly, on to NBA where we looked at the first time the NBA has done a in-season tournament. Um, I'll just say this. I'll give you my thoughts here real quickly. 
the courts were uh, quite interesting. You definitely knew that it was a in-season tournament game. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was the objective that of the NBA. Uh, but then also, uh, the play was really good. Games were competitive. And quite honestly, I think they would have been competitive even if it wasn't in season tournament. Mm -hmm. I think this year is a little bit different in where there needs to, the teams need to have their stars on the floor. Shorten preseason, shorten training camp. You have new players on a team and doing weights that they can get used to each other as if they're on the floor. And uh, so you have the stars playing. Uh, and the West is deep. It's very competitive. Uh, so I think even without the tournament, it would have been competitive. Uh, with the tournament, uh, it's the same. I just think it's another um, thing that the NBA is trying here. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, colorful floors. I'll just say that. Let's say you, Danny. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks participated in that first night when they played the Knicks which they almost lost that game. Thank goodness they didn't. Brunson had 45 points that night, but they prevailed at the end. The Bucks are a different story right now because they're kind of all over the board. They're very inconsistent. Yeah. Offensively, defensively, you don't know what you're getting night to night. They did hold the Knicks you know, from the three-point line. The Knicks did start off hot, and then they kind of cooled off. But the in-season tournament, like you mentioned, uh, a few games. One was the Golden State Thunder game where Curry did his thing. It's it's kind of hard to gauge right now. Like, if it's manufactured, I don't know if the word is manufactured excitement and, like, buzz around it because, you know, they're trying to push this. As With everything else, you kind of want to see how it plays out and how it progresses. But, yeah, no, there was nothing different with these games versus a regular season game from a player standpoint, the players played and they show some excitement. So maybe there's something there, uh, but you really can't tell until they kind of get moving into it a little further and see how the players react. I really want to see once they get to the actual final four and, you know, the hoopla and everything being in Vegas and how that all plays out and how the players react. So far, so good from the games that were actually played on Friday night. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us and remember that there's enough hate in the world, so go ahead and spread a little love.